Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses, workshops, and webinars for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you have a small business started selling locally at farmer's markets, then the Ready for Retail online course is for you. From packaging to UPC codes to determining your proper wholesale price, Ready for Retail has all the information you need to be selling in stores. More details at kitchen2shelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com, what you need to know to grow. It's my special privilege today, folks, to welcome to the show Brandon Leong and Veer Setian of Range Me. Now, many of you may know the name Range Me, but you may not know a whole lot about the company and its services, and that's something that we hope to change today. A little background from very small beginnings to being the industry standard for product sourcing online. RangeMe now streamlines product discovery for over 7,000 category buyers and the world's largest retailers while enabling over 175,000 product suppliers and manufacturers to have greater control over the marketing of their products. Let me start by introducing Brandon. He's the VP of Marketing and Growth at RangeMe and brings with him a unique blend of CPG industry experience along with expertise in high technology growth startups. Brandon has held senior marketing roles for over a decade, most recently at the analytics company Query, and before that at Area Systems. Currently, Brandon leads a talented and energetic team focused on the growth of the Range Me marketplace. And by the way, he's also a father, a husband, and believe it or not, a native San Franciscan. Veer is Range Me's director of supplier success. He has lived and worked across three continents, holding key roles in people-centric industries, including consumer packaged goods. He is the second ever employee at Range Me is immensely passionate about helping suppliers grow their businesses. He currently leads the very talented supplier success team. He is also a diehard soccer fan and a whiskey and coffee enthusiast and always up for chatting about them. So gentlemen, welcome to the show and we'll start with a discussion of Speyside versus Highland single malts. Oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> welcome to both of you. Thank you, Steve. Great. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having um, us, man. So yeah, and great that both of you are able to take the time and, and I think uh, provide us with uh, a, a couple of different perspectives on Range Me and the growth and, and a little bit of the history. So let me go back and ask real quick, and that is, where did this idea that now we all know is common, online buying in any form, whether it's cat food or it's 100 tons of cat food, what, how did this get started? Where did it get started? What's the story? Brandon? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. So early in 2014, um, our founder, Nikki Jackson, um, uh, she, she had a daughter and her daughter had very, very bad eczema. And so during that process, um, nothing on the shelves currently, or nothing on the shelves at that time where it was able to cure her, her daughter's eczema. And so she, you know, did what any mama would do, right? She would go, she went off and went online and talked to moms and went on forums and did all the research and realized that there's a lot of moms that have this problem. Nothing on the shelf fixes their kids' very sensitive skin. Right. So she ended up working with a local dermatologist to create a serum, right? A water-based serum that was, that was good for her daughter's skin and it worked wonders. Um, being from the CPG space, um, she knew, I mean, she had, she had been with Jim Beam and Kellogg's. She knew that, you know, there was a market for this and she kind of knew the, 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 the pathways to get into the market. Right. Um, 
So she, she packaged this thing up, created a concept called Derma Baby and said, I'm going to bring this to market. Started having conversations with buyers, started getting introductions to the right people, right? The thing, the hardest thing to get in CPG, right? And all of a sudden she started to realize very quickly that there weren't any doors open for her. There was no way for her to get her product even close to having a conversation with a buyer. There was no, there was no inroads into getting her, her, her product even close to shelf. And what she realized was there was a gap, right? And the gap that she essentially um, you know, uncovered was that the industry was changing. So you had all of these new consumers that were no longer tr uh, brand loyal, right? In the past, you know, you and I, we're, we're brand loyal. I only drink Coke. I only drink Pepsi, right? Um, but that was changing. So with the age of access here and everyone can go on their phones and go online and, and find whatever they want, people were becoming trend loyal and building themselves into their own trends. And so consumers were getting products, whatever products they wanted that, that fit their criteria, whenever they wanted delivered to their door, um, or at the very least they had, it, they had a network of ways to find it, right? The second piece was that this was giving, um, kind of giving way to like a lot of lar uh, smaller brands Set of emerging brands that have a voice in the industry, um, creating their own opportunities with the, uh, um, you know, with their online sites, with being able to, you know, bring their product to market through social media, things like that. So they had some control over that. And the problem was, there was there was still a gap for retailers though, because retailers didn't have the opportunity to actually source these types of products at speed. Category reviews were were very slow oh, and yeah. clunky. Yeah. You know that and. There wasn't really a way for buyers to know, other than the channels that they traditionally relied on, other innovation that was out there, right? Until it was like six months, 10 months, a year down the line when they get POS data, like, oh, I should be carrying this, right? So the assortments were lacking. And that all stemmed from one place, you know, buyers. So buyers had the control. Buyers were, are, the, are the gate holders to what you get in your hand, right? As and where it comes from, right? So that's pretty cool. It's like whatever's on shelf, what you see on shelf, they, they control that. Um, and there wasn't really an efficient and streamlined way for them to discover products at speed, at the speed of e-commerce, right? You, we, we all know that there's a ton of, ton of ability to get products on shelf fast online, but how do you get products on shelf faster in brick and mortar, right? Unless a buyer knows about it. Right. And so instead of going, you know what? Scrap this Derma baby thing, right? We need to find a more streamlined way for these buyers to discover products at speed, to be compare them to compare them at speed, not have to wade through tons of paperwork, not have to wade through um, different types of sell sheets, you know, having to deal with comp shopping, brokers, all the things that they have to deal with. And then they end up going back to the to their to their trusty staples and assortment doesn't doesn't increase. How do we fix that? Um, and so she pivoted and said, you know what? This this industry needs a way to discover things quickly. So she came up with Range Me. And um, essentially what it's done is it streamlines the way that buyers find products for their stores. It streamlines the, the inbound submission process for um, the retailer at the retailer level. And in turn, it gives suppliers uh, a tool and a channel for them to get their foot in the door. So if Derma Baby had range me, it would have been a different thing. We might be seeing Derma Baby on shelf now. <laughs> um, but that was basically the genesis of, of, of the platform. And, you know, now we've gotten to a point now where, you know, we've, we work with 70% of the top 100 retailers in the U.S., uh, over 7,500 category buyers um, across all the major CPG channels. 
and close to 200,000 uh, product suppliers and manufacturers leverage our platform all the time um, as, like I said, a channel and a tool to get discovered. So it's great. So, and now it, this, this is um, uh, first part of the story and the growth. How do we get this service to the United States? How did that happen? Oh, so, um, you know, Veer has the, Veer has the, uh, um, the, he has the, the, the honor of being the second overall employee at RangeMe. I was, I was the third employee in San Francisco when they moved headquarters. So what happened was quickly in 2015, um, they saturated the um, Australian market. So they, they work with the top three or four retailers that, that are there. It's just a smaller market, obviously. Yeah. And they said, you know, it's time for the big time. Um, moved operations to the U.S., um, headquarters to the U.S., um, launched with our first partner, Target. And uh, the rest is history. Um, essentially, what happened was we went from – I love this story, true startup story. Back of a cell phone repair shop in 2015, back of a cell phone repair shop in San Francisco with a dream. And, um, you know, Nikki and, Nikki and the team, we took this thing all the way to, you know, where we are now. And um, like I said, with all of these suppliers and, and, and these major retailers leveraging the platform, and right now, you know, during this pandemic time, being the center of the industry. Um, so it's been great. It's been, it's been quite a ride, <laughs> I must say. And, 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 and no doubt, great offices that you guys can't be in, but that, you know. We'll, <laughs> yes, correct we'll, as well. We'll get back there. Um, <laughs> so, so one of the things that I think, um, you know, in working with my clients in this range from startups to basically midsize, so 15, 20 million, um, a lot of them were not prepared for e-commerce in general. Yeah. Um, and held some pretty strong opinions one way or the other. I, 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 I know some of them who basically said, I'm not going to go on Amazon. I want anything to do with it. That's silly and crazy. And God, do they wish they were there today. But in trying to bridge that gap, one of the things that I would try to talk to them about is think about your own buying habits. If you buy, and this person talks, if you buy stuff on Amazon yourself, why wouldn't you want your product there? How does that, how does that work? And if you're buying, again, cat food, on Amazon, why do you not think that the buyer can buy cat food on an electronic marketplace as well? I mean, it just doesn't, it just it doesn't make any sense. So clearly that was moving forward. And I think we've all gotten used to that now. People have become more friendly with it. Buyers have certainly gotten more friendly with it. Two factors hit. Number one is there's experience from your customers, right? Who have now streamlined and made their process more efficient. The buyer is probably getting a lot more done. Yep. Right. So that pushes right toward again an e-commerce platform. And then secondly, COVID. Um, right. We were all going to go to Bentonville, or you know, we were all headed to, to to Tracy or whatever to see Costco. Everything shut down. Nothing. Now, a little bit of slowness originally, but then quick adaptation. So I was with a client on you know a Zoom call with Walmart.com. Right in Bentonville, the broker in Chicago, we got the deal done and yep. product shipping this week. Well, I've never met the buyer. I mean, the broker had. I never met the buyer. You know what I mean? So it's like this is just gonna this is gonna continue because that buyer, I'll tell you, is gonna be a lot more efficient, and I think that's where we're gonna go forward. So if um, if I'm out there and maybe I'm already arranged me, I, I'm on the free scale, whatever else. Um, Talk about how that 
that works. So if you want to sign up, what do you do? And then what happens? Talk about premium, talk about verification. How does the whole system work? Veer, Veer, I let Veer take that since he's a, he, he, he lives and breathes this every day. All right, Veer. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, a couple of things, Steve, just in terms of the sign-up process itself, RangeMe is and always has been free. So any supplier at any point can go to rangeme.com and they can start creating a profile for free. If suppliers want to consider the premium service, we have a paid alternative, which we call RangeMe Premium. And I know we're going to cover that in a little bit more detail later. Right. You hit on a very important point there where you talked about, one, the willingness to be more digitally enabled, and then two, putting in the time and effort to optimize it as well. One of the key things about a RangeMe profile, just like you would have your business listings on Amazon or you would be optimized on a different Shopify channel, for example, is the time and effort you put into building it in the first place, and then the regularity in which you use it and update it as well. So, you know, my role, supplier success director kind of says it all. I'm literally passionate and I wake up every day wanting to help our clients on RangeMe, our suppliers, get the most success out of the platform. And it starts with taking the time to build a really good page. If you go on to, I love what you said about buying habits for consumers because the same brands that are kind of hesitant to put in more time and energy into their e-com channels are spending a lot of time as consumers on e-com websites themselves. Oh yes. When you go on to those channels, you want to see really well put together pages for your buying experience to be fantastic. And that's the same that the buyers from all the retail chains that we work on at RangeMe want to experience when they come on and they see your profile. So the well, more well built out and the better your profile is, the more likely you are to get engagement and responses and reach out from those buyers. Got it. Yeah. And, and, and that it, while that should be obvious, it isn't necessarily obvious to, to everyone for sure. Uh, Veer, can you share with us some, um, some of the, better stories of, uh, of success that clients have had? Absolutely. You know, one thing that I really love about my role is I get to talk to people all the time. Steve, you and I know how much I like talking. I could literally talk all day if I had a choice. My wife thinks otherwise, so that's, that's a good balance of working from home now. I know that feeling. I, <laughs> I absolutely love talking to brands and understanding where they got range me to work for them because there's so many different ways that it can be successful. So since there's no direct purchasing, it's not about a purchase order that comes to you within a week of setting up a profile. Rather, it's about growing your brand visibility and your brand awareness because as I'm sure the listeners know as well, it takes multiple touch points for you to get ingrained with that buyer or those buyers from that retail chain. Right. So when you go to trade shows and we talk to brands, I'll have people say, oh, you know what? I was at the Costco Roadshow and the buyer mentioned that they've been seeing me on RangeMe for the past few months. That opened up the doors to a much smoother conversation rather than me starting from scratch and having a cold introduction. 
that's one way of getting great success is you being front and center. The buyers are coming in, they're engaging with RangeMe, they're viewing your brand, they know you exist, and it almost becomes subliminal messaging in that sense. Right. And then, of course, there are plenty of stories of brands actually getting sample requests and messages from buyers and then moving on. One of my favorites is Tyler's Coffee, a great coffee brand. They make some fantastic products. They have been on RangeMe for several years. They understand that CPG and the communications and the relationships you build with buyers take a while and it's not a quick fix thing. So initially they had a few retailers reach out, some went cold, some moved on to the next steps, but no real purchase orders. They kept staying with it, kept updating their profile, kept in touch with the buyers because once a buyer and you open up a chain of contact on RangeMe, you can keep that going. And a couple of years into their first foray or their first few interested messages from buyers, they got into over a thousand retail stores because that was the right time. The category review was happening. They had already started fostering that relationship. And then the floodgates opened, just like the example you gave us at the beginning. And that's, those are just some of the few. Uh, I love, you know, Brandon will attest to this. I love going to trade shows and ECRM events as well, because you get to talk to brands and understand how they're using it. Realize that there are so many different ways that RangeMe can be successful for you. But at the core of all of it is having a great profile so that no matter what the buyers do, this is one channel that they are looking at you. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, one of the overlying themes or the best comparison is with LinkedIn, right? So just like how LinkedIn replaced the resume and the business card, right? what RangeMe's done is done the exact same thing with the sell sheet. So in other words, all of the information that you have about your brand is now, is now in real time and is dynamic. So if you're a supplier, think about all the ways you use a sell sheet. Now think of all the ways that now you can use a sell shell, right? right? All of a sudden, the hardest part of, of, of going to you know, Expo East and Summer Fancy Foods and all these amazing shows is the follow-up. Well, guess what? You know, what if I told you that you're able to follow up from one single place, right? Be able to track whether or not the buyers opened it or not, things like that, and know that all of it is in real time. Any new item launches, you don't have to send a new PDF out. It's the same link. The buyer has it. And you can do it right directly from your, from, from your interface, right? So that means everything that the buyer has is up to date and brand new. That's one of the, that's one of the like, just that little nuance there is already um, created a ton of efficiencies within the industry, just underlying, right? Right. Um, and then from a buyer perspective, you know, I, I think Vera always talks about these amazing success stories um, from suppliers, but I mean, we just like in last year, we just facilitated Walmart's open call. Yeah. And you know, just streamlining that process. And, you know, obviously we can't like, you, you'd have to talk to Walmart, but from a supplier and buyer's perspective, it was a success because you start seeing different people and different personas, retailers, buyers and suppliers, realizing all the ways that they can leverage this tool, right? Exactly the same way like LinkedIn again, right? Yep. You're, you're not just finding a job there or looking for, for, for people to recruit, right? You're looking... You're, you're selling on there. 
you're networking on there. You're doing your anything that you would use your business card or your resume for. You're doing on there. Same thing with Range Me and like I think you know when we talk a little bit later about COVID and and what this pandemic has caused, it has really blossomed into now. What can I do? What can I do with this thing? Like there, there's a lot here I can do. A lot, lot, a lot of inventive ways that I can leverage this for my brand, um, for my buyers as a buyer, things like that. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like the success is really industry wide where you start seeing like the way that business is, was being done in the past is now lifted up to a new standard. And that's what we're starting to see. That's the real success in my mind in terms of like just just creating efficiencies with throughout and all the way through the industry. So, yeah, that's all. That's my. <laughs> and, and that's right. And, and I think we've, we've covered a couple of things in terms of making it you know, successful as a platform. And, 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 you know, number one is I think it's not passive. I mean, it can be passive. You can get that email and, you know, I, I review them for two of my clients on a daily basis. And so, yeah, we see that, but, and Brandy, you probably don't know this, but when Veer and I first got together and got connected, we had a, a series of discussions, let's just say about the mindset of the success stories he was seeing on his side and the resistance that I was getting from my clients about participating to the point where it actually got a little testy and I had to stop. But it, but, but the point was, is that what, what we were both trying to achieve was to see if, you know, how to make this better for the people who are involved. And what I came to the conclusion that, you know, Veer, you know, pointed out was look at the level of involvement that people have in the platform, what they're doing, um, you know, how do they respond? When do they respond? What does their page look like? What do their materials look like? I did a review of one of my clients yesterday on their page and oh my goodness, do we need to make a lot of changes? Because our Amazon company page looks like we hired a Hollywood director, <laughs> right? Our Range Me page looks like we sat down and went, oh yeah, we need to put the product shots up here and let's, let's go. So, because it is that aspect of it, it is, while it can work from a passive standpoint, it's not a passive platform and your biggest success is not going to come from treating it as a passive platform. It has to be active. You got to, you got to go after it. Would you agree, Veer? I mean, that, is that fair? Absolutely, Steve. Absolutely. And you know, it's always two sides, right? You know, we talk about everything that the supplies need to do. You have to be active just like you would be on LinkedIn for you to get the most out of LinkedIn and to build the best network possible. And on the Range Me side as well, you know, Brandon mentioned it earlier and you said that in your introduction, I have the luxury and the liberty of having been here since the start. The Range Me platform we had even three or four years ago is so different to what it is today because we are constantly taking feedback as well. We're constantly adapting to the changing dynamics between buyers and suppliers. And we're always looking for ways to continue to build a better platform that's more effective for both sides. So we continue to be active and wanting to improve things. And of course, it's vital that suppliers continue to be active with the way they use it. And to your point earlier as well, have it updated and optimized and ready to go. I think one of the single biggest complaints I hear from people that are trying to get into retail and into larger retail is even if they get in the stores or they get in. So there's people who are in maybe seven or eight Albertsons or seven or eight Kroger's or whatever on a regional basis, a, a local brand. And they say, Oh, I try to contact the buyer. I never hear anything from the buyer. Buyer never calls me back. And I'm like, well, welcome to CPG. <laughs> I said, but you know, but do you do understand that that buyer in his or her category 
is probably responsible for a thousand SKUs, right? And has the same 24 hours a day that you have, right? And therefore, the tendency will be toward trying to be more efficient. And, and frankly, having you fly out to see them, even if they're interested in doing a cutting right there in the, in the, you know, in the headquarters, is not, we all know that's not efficient. Yeah. So I, I think there's, from the buyer standpoint, it's like a, why wouldn't I use this tool, right, to, to begin, because, because I want to be as efficient as possible. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have to follow up and fly to Cincinnati and do the cutting. That we're not saying you're necessarily going to avoid that, but what you're going to get is the touch point, the connection prior to that, and you know, and then and then you move forward. So I think that's driven from both sides. Sellers need to be more efficient. Buyers need to be more efficient, and that's why we use the platform. Simple as that, right? Yeah. Um, exactly right. Exactly right. You know, I, I, I like to think of it sometimes. Brandon loves sports analogies, so I throw some in to make him happy as well. When you look at a college, when you look at a college athlete in American football, they've spent four years, and even before that in high school as well, they've spent six, eight, ten years honing their skills, getting fantastic, having lots of different ways that they get noticed by people before they eventually land on that NFL draft and go to the combine, you know? So that's the kind of way that brands have to look at this as well. There's lots of different things that you have to do and it is a slow build and you've just got to be getting better and training every day. And this is part of the training. That's the first thing they say about search engine optimization is you understand that this is going to be a slow build. Yeah. We're going to, all the keywords are going to be out there. doesn't mean you're going to start getting people visiting your website tomorrow. This has to work. Brandon, uh, let's go back on something you touched on because I wanted to ask, you know, we're, we're you know, recording this and still in the midst of a crisis. We don't really know how big it's going to be, but we know there's been some seed changes in the way people buy products and all that stuff. What's, what's been the impact on range of this? Um, yeah, you know what? This is, you know, this is pretty exciting. I, I love kind of talking about this. You know, this is a, a lot of people, asked this question you know you and I just chatted about it at first I think really what it's about is you know as things have changed for retailers and buyers and suppliers during this time so you know I think the biggest the biggest I guess the milestone that happened was Expo West was canceled that was like a that was like that was like the global oh crap (laughs) something just happened it was and it was the day before Expo West was supposed to happen so it wasn't just like Oh, you know, they, you know, Summer Fancy Foods did a really good job two months before. This was like, we gotta, someone's gotta react because something some big is happening. Um, and you saw people look. Retailers started restricting travel. Um, no more trade shows. Uh, people can't meet, couldn't meet face to face anymore. You can't travel across the U.S. like you said. You can't, you can't fly to Cincinnati to have to get the, to do the cutting, right? Um, and everyone had to change the way they did business. All these industry players had to change the way they do business. Um, the one, like, I think Rangeview was the one entity that existed within the industry with this one staple in the industry that we actually didn't change, have to change the way we did business. We just accelerated. And so what happened was we, we talked earlier about people using all of a sudden being forced to find all these other different ways to get their products out there. Right. Of course, all these different ways to, to, to gain 
brand visibility, scale. Even though it's always existed and they should, be, should have been doing it, this was that rapid learning. This is like, just like everyone's learning how to use Zoom, <laughs> right? Everyone is getting, at the end of this pandemic, every single person that I know will know how to use Zoom or at least know what it is. Oh, yeah. You know, it's always existed and it's really great, but they've had to, now, now they have to use it, right? And then yeah. they've had, they've become part of the fabric. And that's what's kind of happened with Range Me. Range has become part of the fabric of this. But what we've really seen is that, like, other than like a, maybe like an isolated moments of time where there was like an announcement made or regional announcements making on shelter in place, things like that. Aside from those, the industry, it keeps moving forward. Yep. Consumers still need products. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. You know, buyers still need to source them. <laughs> and, and suppliers still need to manufacture and, and, and create yeah. them yeah. and get them into the stores. It's, it's the last couple of days, there's been a lot of traffic out there about the failure of the supply chain because we have some shortages of things here. Yep. In the room. And of course, it started with the classic, right, you know, uh, toilet paper. So fine. Now, it's not toilet paper's fault. The toilet paper is what we call a large cube item. It's big. Yes. And it's inexpensive and doesn't make money for anybody, including probably the manufacturer. So nobody keeps any of it. You don't keep any in the store. You don't keep any yeah. at the DC. You want just-in-time manufacturing. So that fell apart. But it was funny to walk into a store and literally see no toilet paper, no top ramen, and yet the meat cases were full. <laughs> Only in America going into a pandemic would people go, oh, I don't need protein. I need toilet paper. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> But it does show the changes that, yeah. you know, that are, are going to go through. And I think it's going to be long. It has been long enough, right? It's been long enough. What do they say? It's six weeks you need to change a habit? Yep. It's been six weeks. So a lot of those things, I think, fundamentally are just going to, are just going to make a difference. Um, Veer, let me ask you about what's the effect been on some of the clients that you're working with from the crisis? What, what have they been doing? So, you know, just following up on what Brandon was saying, one of the biggest blessings in a way when you look at what's been happening on RangeMe is clients that already had profiles, understanding that they can quickly come in, make the necessary updates. I mean, some of them, Steve, hadn't logged in for six months and touched their pages, right? Because it falls to the wayside sometimes when you've got so much going on and life always gets so busy. But being able to come in quickly make the changes and the updates that they needed to do and then stay engaged with retailers. You know, Brandon mentioned Expo West being canceled as the first kind of domino effect of the industry. We were able to work directly with retailers. Thrive Market was one great example. And we curated special virtual collections so that the suppliers that would have otherwise been there were able to be part of these virtual collections and then the buyers could come in and engage with them just like they would have done if they were walking around the trade show floors to see them. So we've been educating our suppliers. I think education has been the priority for us in the last couple of months. And I know it's been for everyone in the CPG industry. We've been spending a lot of time talking with our suppliers, letting them know of all the changes that are happening talking through the best ways to set up their profiles. And we're also seeing a spike in buyer engagement because to, to your point that we were discussing earlier today, there's a huge uptick in e-commerce sales from grocery retailers in particular, but retailers as a whole. 
and their discovery portion is still going ahead. The buyers are still coming in and they're able to engage with brands. And because we have this digital solution for them, there's an uptick in activity. So all the suppliers that are maximizing their activity right now on RangeMe are seeing an uptick in that buyer engagement as well. Yeah. And, and, just, and just to add to that, um, you, know, we've, you know, one of the things that I, that I always like to say is, it is true. Nothing will ever replace the visceral feeling of being in front of a product, tasting it, trying it, and while you're doing that, having the person tell you the story of, of, of how it exists. Right. It, 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 you, it's very difficult to replace that. But now imagine this, like if you married those two worlds together where everything was scalable, all the work could be done before and after, right? Before and after that moment happened. Yep. Imagine how efficient it would be for, the, for both the, the, the creator of that food item and the buyer. Imagine, and that's what's happening right now. It's like all these efficiencies that you, that you, that you alluded to earlier they're being forced upon the industry now because they now they know this can happen again and they, and it's happening to them now. So there has to be a way for them to be able to continue to do business. So yes, we, we, you know, we love, we work with all of our, um, you know, in-person uh, trade show partners. I mean, you know, our parent company's ECRM, you know, we, we know nothing will ever replace that, that visceral feeling, nothing will ever replace it. And there will be a place uh, over the next, coming few years where that comes back to normal again right and I, my prediction is about is at least a year before we come back to normal again yeah, right yeah, yeah. and you know but now everyone's going to have this different lens on it everyone's going to be digitally enabled everyone's going to know these products before they're going to walk up to a product and be like i've seen you before right um, the, the supplier is going to be able to have efficient follow-ups in a way that the supplier uh, that the, these buyers want to be able to just interact and have that moment of time where they can listen to your story and, and, and try, your, and try your, your product. But then that is what you capture them with. And everything becomes complete, right? That whole right. picture has now become complete. And I think that that's, that's where that's happening. Like you guys, you, you just told me, you guys had a, a Zoom meeting to, to close a deal. Yeah, walmart.com. Yeah, yeah. Zoom. That, that's going to happen. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's beautiful because imagine the ROI you get now from a trade show you go to because you right. can follow up with something virtual and online. And now all those three things, online, virtual, and in, in, in person, all work together into getting you there faster, being more efficient, and easy business, uh, you know, e easy consummation of business between a buyer and a seller. Very easy, yeah. right? It, yeah. it, makes it, it makes it work. Uh, you, you mentioned, Brandon, um, ECRM. So real quick, ECRM is your parent company, right? Yes. And, yeah, okay. Um, and, and, and those guys have taken, I mean, a heck of a hit right over this because they've also had to kind of shift gears and and do things differently but they can look to you guys and and the virtual stuff becomes easier to do so it's yeah great. i mean look i mean we there's a um I don't, there's a there's a new virtual solution that ecrm came up with it's called esi um it's really cool um essentially it's it's almost like a if you think about shark tank every buyer's dream every buyer's dream i i became a like you know i I talked to buyers before. Why'd you become a buyer? I watched, I watched the show Shark Tank yep. and I became a buyer. And that's why I wanted to become a buyer. And, uh, you know, and the ability for um, brands to get to pitch their goods and, and to be able to have this kind of face-to-face -face opportunity with, um, with, with multiple buyers, this is something that hasn't really existed at scale. 
Um, I think they, they've done a really good job in creating, it's called ESI. They've done a really good job in creating like that experience, right? Where you, you, buyers can now look at multiple SKUs or multiple products and multiple suppliers um, in a short amount of time, be able to actually see them face to face, see their products um, and kind of experience that and have that experience and then go off and then, you know, request samples and things like that. But you're starting to see these things happen where it was right under our noses this whole time. Like all of these, all of these things that you could, that we could come up with is, has been right under our noses. It's just the speed in which people are doing it and to watch these retailers. I mean, it, it's really about the, you know, the, the, the old adage goes, you know, if the buyers want it, the suppliers will come. Right. And <laughs> it's really great. To, and, and in the past, you, you see, there's been that stubbornness, right. right. On the buyer's side, I, all of a sudden, I, 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 I don't know if you see the same thing here, but like, I started to feel that there's been this openness that, is, that, is, that, is, that has happened over the last six weeks where buyers are open now to like different things. Retailers are open to trying new and different strategic initiatives and things like that that help address what's going on right now to keep the industry moving forward. And that's been really exciting. And because of that, all of this is possible. All of these, all these innovations, all of the things that have come from COVID, like Vera calls it um, like, a, like a blessing in disguise, right? There was all these things now that the industry should have been doing that are doing now. And it's just, it's just a time of openness that has been allowed this gate to open. Right. And, and, and it's, it's important, you know, going forward, I think it was Credit Suisse did a report that, you know, and our, our friends, and we have a lot of them, you guys, we all have them in the restaurant industry and whatever. At the time COVID broke out, we are about 50-50 consumption in home and out of home across the board. And that's obviously gone crazy back to home consumption now. That fifty yeah. percent of consumption in home, fifty percent out of home, but that that was probably not going to return for some time. That that probably restaurants at best could hope for maybe thirty percent going forward because people will have looked at alternatives. Um, in the in the world of meal kits, for instance, meal kits have gone crazy since the pandemic started. They were dying, literally just dying before that. But now people are doing that, and and they're getting again breaking habits, getting used to 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 buying stuff and preparing stuff at home. So buyers, if you're a retail buyer, if you're at a Kroger or a Publix, you're like, wow, we're actually gonna get more traffic when this is done. They may have to all stand six foot apart, but you know, we're, we've gotta prepare for that. We've gotta be doing that going forward. So in, in that sense, what, uh, Vera, I wanted to know if you could talk we we touched on a little bit about premium a little bit about and i want to talk a little bit about the vetting process and stuff can you kind of go through that so there's initial sign up there's the page the listings whatever what's that step what's the next step and let's talk about verification and stuff absolutely absolutely so you sign up for free we talked about this earlier range me has two versions so there's range me basic which is completely free and you go to the website create a profile and there's no cost involved some of the things that you can do with that basic profile, you can share your profile. So that's one of our most underutilized tools that we have. And when it comes to activity and staying engaged, that's a big one that I know you and I have talked about before, Steve. Yep. You have the ability to either put in the direct email if you already have one for a buyer or create a URL and you can use that in your follow-ups, you know, before the COVID-19 chaos, the trade show, the trade shows that you'd go to and the meetings you'd have or the cards you'd collect, you could send your range me profile to the buyers that way. 
and you're discoverable by all buyers in your category for all the different SKUs you have. If you want to really take your range me experience to the next level, because we're on the next level podcast, yep. the way to do that is really to range me premium. So that's an annual fee. And there's three key things that you get out of it. Number one, which is the cornerstone of the program is what we call range me verified to be verified. It means that you've got the bare basics required for shelves and we've checked you. So packaging barcodes, liability insurance and EIN number. And if you are a consumable item, then a nutritional label. What that does then is it puts a green check mark on your profile. And most importantly, it puts you at the very top of the buyer dashboard. So when a buyer logs in, if they've got 2,500 brands in coffee for them to discover and engage with, and the top 100 or 200 are verified, those are the ones they're going to see first and look through first because they know they're pre-vetted as shelf ready. The second big advantage is what we call premium submissions. So instead of sitting back and waiting for the buyers to initiate contact with you, you're able to start those conversations yourself. And on that page, as we get updated category review schedules, we share them with the suppliers as well. So you're able to see, of course, now with the craziness of the, of the COVID-19 chaos, some review schedules are changing dates, but typically, if you're able to see when Whole Foods or CVS or Walgreens or Albertsons is reviewing your particular category, that's the perfect time for you to use your RangeMe reach out, but also reach out to them outside of RangeMe with everything you're already doing. That becomes another big benefit. And the last part is at all points, you have full transparency into where your brand visibility is growing. So you can see which retailers looking at you what products in particular they're looking at. So if you ever do send samples, you want to lead with those SKUs. And one step further, for all the data that we collect between buyers and suppliers and the engagement arrangement, you can drill down to your particular category and see what the buyers are actually showing interest in. What's the average margin? What's the average MSRP? Right. What are the top keywords searched for by buyers? That is one of my favorites because when you talk about CBD now and where the industry is going to go and is already going, over 14 months ago, CBD started becoming the number one search for term by buyers on RangeMe. So we were able to see yeah. what the eventuality of the industry was going to be based on what the buyers were coming in and looking for. And that's very exciting. You can also see what certifications are important. So when it comes to talking to brands, I'm sure you experienced this as well. Certifications cost money. It's not easy for brands to understand where to allocate their resources. But if you're able to see that fair trade certified is the most important certification in the coffee and tea category, and you have been dabbling with it, but you haven't committed, this might be a good time for you to do that because it is going to elevate your brand compared to the strong competition, especially in categories like that. So those are the key features of premium. It really makes a big difference. And we're happy to extend a special pricing to any of your members listening in. Ah, that would be, uh, that would be very good. Um, and 
folks, if you want to know more about that, please feel free to reach out. Um, you can go to the website, which is www.nextlevelmarketing.com with two X's or steve at nextlevelmarketing.com, two X's, and we will get you that information. And, and well worth looking into, Veer, because again, it, it, it does elevate the presence. And I think it also is, um, you know, to me, I wouldn't, I would be on premium because the verification, because of all the other stuff in, in the courses that we do, we call this category compliance. And that basically means is looking at the category and making sure that whatever you're doing, you're category compliant. You know, if, if everybody is in the 899 range, don't be at 1699. If they're all in 12 ounce jars, don't make your jar 32 ounces. You know, it's that, but more of that stuff of what's, what's trending, what are they looking for? Do I need to be organic? You can answer a lot of questions that way. And this is the audience that you want to be in front of. These are buyers. So it's, it's actual and that makes it even more important. But uh, I definitely, definitely appreciate that. Um, so kind of, but first of all, thank you guys so much for taking the time and doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and for letting the audience know a little bit more about what's going on out there. Is there anything, not getting into proprietary or whatever, but anything coming down the road from, from Range Me we should be looking for? Uh, yeah, so I, I guess I could take that. So I think, you know, p part of what we're trying to do here is, you know, with this whole pandemic thing going on, you know, part of what we've seen is new and inventive ways that, like I said, retailers and their buyers and suppliers are using the platform. Um, and then tremendous feedback. So, you know, part of this is I think we're going to start seeing some greater efficiencies around, you know, how we connect with each other virtually, greater efficiencies around, um, you know, how, we, how buyers can leverage this thing to create, you know, their own, their own types of sourcing campaigns and whatnot um, through the platform and just leverage the power of scale, right? You know, there's, right. it's not just the 175,000 plus suppliers who are on the platform. It's the million, it's the 1.4 million that are in the US um, that need this, right? They need a way to effectively communicate their product information to the, to these buyers um, in a way that that's not, that's not robotic, right? There's still, there's still their brand behind it. There's still a way to interact right. and there's still life, um, you know, and, and activity and engagement that it comes along with it. Um, and that's what we're really seeing. So you'll start seeing a lot more minor things that will create um, greater efficiencies around these new, new and inventive ways that our industry is, is starting to leverage range me. So yes. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll look for that. And I, I think, uh, you know, again, I think that's a convergence of a whole number of things. I think we're going to get to this point a whole lot faster because of COVID than we might've, we we're headed that direction anyway, but um, we're, we're going to keep going. So again, thanks to both of you very much. Um, I hope to have you guys back on the program at some point down the line when we'll be talking about how we got back to new normal, whatever that is um, <laughs> and the effect. And, and I can uh, come back to, to San Francisco. Maybe we can get together and actually go out to some place and have coffee or something stronger. Be great. Looking forward to Absolutely, it. Steve. Okay, that's just super. Again, thanks to both of you and thanks to all of the rest of the audience for joining us today on the Next Level Brands podcast. Our podcast brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands, providers of courses, workshops, webinars, group, and one-on-one -on -one coaching for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you'd like to know more, you can check out the details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com, what you need to know to grow. 
And if you're interested in any more information with the folks at Range Me and our special offer, you can contact me directly. My email is steve at nextlevelmarketing.com. That's with two X's in the middle. This is Steve Clear, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.